Welcome to Basically Famous Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Schuster, and I'm so excited to share stories and interviews with you each week with those who are basically famous in my life. I believe these extraordinary people have great stories to tell, and I can't wait to share them all with you. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Welcome to this week's episode. Hey friends, and welcome back to another season of the podcast. I am so, so, so excited to be bringing you another season of stories and adventures of women in the Western and agriculture industries. And to kick off season five, we're doing something a little different. I had the chance to sit down with Vanessa Wood, the founder and CEO of Ag Women Connect, and talk a little bit about my story and also talk about things like professionalism, the Kendra Scott and Wrangler collab, and so much more. So thanks for tuning in and enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody, it's Vanessa Wood, founder of Ag Women Connect and host of Ag Talk, Your Story Matters. Today, I'm excited to be sitting down with Tyler Schuster. She's from Fort Worth, Texas, and she is a go-getter in the Western industry. Tyler, welcome to today's show. Well, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here and to be joining you. This is going to be so fun. Absolutely. Well, first off, you have a podcast too that I think we need to uh, recognize because you seem to be doing really well with it. Yes. So about two years ago, I started Basically Famous. It's the podcast I host and I connect and feature women in Western and agriculture industries. And the whole goal is to showcase careers in agriculture and Western that we often typically don't think of. I was someone who didn't know the role I currently have existed before I worked where I work. And so I just wanted to share with girls and women what's out there. And I also love to talk. And so a podcast made great sense. I try to do a blog and writing is just not my thing. And so I started it with my sister and we did it together for a year. And when oh. I moved out, yep. So I moved out. And we kind of parted ways, not not because we're mad at each other, but just the logistics of doing a podcast together when you don't live in the same town is kind of hard. And so uh, I've been solo for over a year now, and it's been super fun. And I'm just looking forward to season five. I'm fixing to start recording, and I've got some great ladies in my mind and lined up to, to be on the next season. That's awesome. I think that's why we've hit it off so fast is because we see what the Western and agriculture industry need. And I focus more on like the roles of agriculture as well, because there's so much diversity, Tyler. There really is. And I think there's so many careers out there we're never exposed to as a kid. And then we go to college and we're expected to figure out our whole life plan and we don't know where to start. And so I was like, I would have loved this when I was in college, figuring out what I wanted to do. And no one should have their whole life figured out. It changes every day. But when you're 18 or 19, you feel like you need to know what you're going to do with your life. Absolutely. So walk us through your process. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background and what you're doing now and how you developed into that. Yeah, so I'm a fifth generation rancher from Brackettville, which is in Southwest Texas. And I am a South Texas girl through and through. I come by it honestly, but I grew up ranching alongside my mother. Uh, our operation is FEMA owned and operated. My grandpa passed away 26 years ago. 
And so my mom took over and has run um, our operation. We were Angora goats and lambs primarily, and we've shifted into the cattle business over time. And so now we run cattle and I use my PTO to go work cattle. And so um, <laughs> it's fun, but I now live in Fort Worth and I work for Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers and I'm the manager of leadership development. And I like to tell people that's just fancy for potty trained to 40 is my demographic. So I work with youth, college students and young producers and professionals to create opportunities for them, whether it's education, networking or resources. And I've just really fallen into this role. It's been so fun. And prior to starting here, I got my undergraduate at Tarleton State University and was just so blessed there to be involved in so much and student body president and great professors and mentors. And uh, then I went to Texas A&M and I got a master's in public service and administration. And people always ask me, what did I learn in my master's program? And I learned that I had to stay in agriculture. Um, I took kind of a, a two-year break from agriculture. I didn't study agriculture. I studied government and nonprofits and okay. really fits into what I do well now and what my future aspirations are. But I am, I blow and go now. Um, so since I've moved to Fort Worth a little over a year and a half ago, I have just really immersed myself in the city and in the culture here. And so I am part of Cowgirls and Cocktails which is a networking group. I'm part of our Fort Worth Ag Women Connect. And I volunteer at the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo. And so we're currently in that season and it's the most fun and most tiring 23 days of the year. But I just have a huge heart for giving back and supporting agriculture. And so that's one way I do it. I serve on a couple board of directors. I've been involved in a variety of organizations and with what little free time I have, I host a podcast and just connect with women. And so it's been really fun. And I think in the last two years, I've really figured out who I am as a person, what I want to do, and uh, seem to always find myself back at home on the ranch these days. I love it. Yes, it has just been a joy. I know I haven't I haven't known you for very long, but just to see everything that you're doing, Tyler, people are just attracted to you. You're so friendly. You're on top of the Western fashion, which is a lot of fun. Uh, it's just refreshing to see women like you that are uh, in these type of roles because you do have so much influence and you're a positive influence. So th let that kind of segues into our conversation today is you know, just being welcoming to women in agriculture, no matter what their role is and no matter uh, what experiences they may or may not have. Um, let's talk about the, so a hot topic, as you know, is the, the new collaboration with Wrangler and the Kendra Scott. And I, I'm just going to be real honest. I've never, I mean, I love fashion, but I was really surprised at how people reacted to it. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, so the Lord really blessed me with an obsession for Western fashion. And so I I am super immersed in it. I um, dress it every day. I showcase it. And so I have been really taken back by what I've seen on the internet about the current collab. And I think it's two iconic brands. 
Um, the Wrangler W really stands for something in our industry. And I think Kendra Scott's really dipping their toes into Western. They've kind of been known just as a fashion jewelry brand for a while. Mm -hmm. When I think of Kendra Scott's kind of like what I wore when I wore nice things before I had real uh, authentic Navajo jewelry. Uh, but I think people have kind of gone extreme. Now, do I think there are some things the collab could have done better? Of course. Um, I think they, you know, potentially could have brought in a Native American consultant to help consult them through this process. Do I think they maybe should have advertised that it was inspired by authentic and not that it was authentic? Yes. Um, but I also think it's a chance for people who've never been exposed to our industry to kind of get exposed to our industry. I always say fashion is really the fastest way to get into Western. It's so hard if you weren't born in it or raised in it to get in the door in the sense of working, having the background knowledge. I'm 25 and I learn something every day about the cattle business. Um, and I don't think I'll ever stop learning. It's so evolving. And so imagine if you at 25 decided to get into the cattle business, you would be overwhelmed. And so I think people start with fashion um, because it's easy you can buy a piece or two and accessorize it. And so I think this collab really allows people who haven't been exposed to be exposed. And I think, you know, there was a time in my life, and I've said this before, I didn't know what authentic jewelry was. Yeah. Um, and I, and I've looked, I've seen the whole collection now and it's great. There's some great pieces. Um, and I would have been like, that is so cool. I need that. Now, Authentic jewelry is my style, um, and that's just who I am as a person, but it's not everyone's. And so I think, you know, TikTok's gone crazy, but I think we need to let people wear what they want. Um, yeah. And I think the whole bashing and shaming of everything is part of the reason people feel intimidated to get into our industry. Um, and whatever you post on the internet, you're going to get hate for. That's just part of being on the internet, and I'm fully aware of that. Yeah, yes there's so much I want to talk about on this subject I don't even know where to start but so let's just look at both sides of it um you know there's a there's a side to me that always wants to stay true to the western industry right um you know you're there's women who have been in this industry and um they want to support the small businesses. And, you know, personally, that is a big deal for me. I completely get that. Um, but at the same time, what you said, as far as being open um, and welcoming other women into our industry, I think that's where our future is at. I know it's where it's at. And when it comes down to it, Tyler, there's, here's the deal, whether what side you're on, there shouldn't be a side, there shouldn't be any division. Um, you know, that's, I think what you said, why some women are hesitant about coming into our industry is like, we have got to stop attacking each other. So whether what side you're on or whatever your beliefs are on this, we just have to be nice to each other. Right. Um, there, there just shouldn't be any division at all. Um, there's two things that I won't put up with and that's mean girls and that's a negative attitude because you can't grow in that type of environment. Right. And so, um, you know, I just want to implore women who are out there using their voice and their influence. Um, if you're out there saying, so I'm just going to go right into it. 
So if you are on TikTok and you are saying the F word and saying, I'm not going to support this, I'm not going to support support that, you're part, part of the problem. Like I would not want my, I have a 16 year old daughter who is seeing this stuff. I don't want, you know, you know, that's just my conservative views. I'll just put it like that. <laughs> yeah, no, well, and I am someone, I work really hard to be, I don't think I have to work hard because I think I am, but what I put on social media is really a reflection of who I am. And exactly. I, what you see is what you get with me. And so when I posted my video of my views on this whole collaboration, I I will be honest, I was a little worried about the pushback I would get. And I, and I haven't really received any. And I think it's because most of the women I've tried to surround myself with want to build a longer table and not a taller fence. Yeah, there you go. And yep. so they, they see this collaboration as a way to educate people, to connect with people. And I think something that hasn't been mentioned a ton is like Kendra Scott has a huge heart for giving mm -hmm. and they've invested millions of dollars into great causes, including 4-H and FFA. And that is the heart of rural America. And so to know that I've seen Texas FFA and Texas 4-H specifically do giving days with Kendra Scott. And so think about how those funds are benefiting students who are interested in our industry. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, there is a great cause behind it. And that's truly what matters. You know, um, I'm so glad we're talking about this. But, you know, you are right. You First of all, you've got to surround yourself with women who, of course, have, you know, the same values, who are like-minded, because I just believe that's, you'll go further, you know, in, in that group. But just going back to just being positive on social media, and I know that we can't, we can't fix that, but we can definitely advocate it, advocate for it. Um because I think it matters, Tyler. I, I really, really do. And I I just hope that young women who are trying to get into this industry or who are interested in this industry will find more people like you. Well, I appreciate it. And I'm always so happy to connect with people because um, I'm a people person. I'm in the people business in all aspects of my life and work professional personal. And so, you know, I would just hate to leave a bad taste in someone's mouth because I, I posted a video 20 years ago mm -hmm. and said all these things. And, but I totally get it. If you don't want to support the collaboration um, and you want to support authentic and the, the price point of the jewelry is, you know, upper end in some areas and you could buy authentic at that price point. And so I think it's okay whether you support either way, but I don't think it's okay to bash people if they do choose to support um, the collaboration. Yeah, um, it's, it's some really fun pieces, if I'm being honest. And so it's something different, some pieces I've never seen before. And they would look really cool with some great fashion that I've seen. Yeah, well, let's, hey, let's just be honest. Some of the most punchy, ranchy, cowy women that I know they wear fake turquoise. I mean, they do. And that's fine. I mean, not, not everybody, um, for one can like when I was first starting out, I just couldn't afford the authentic stuff, but now I still mix my fake with my authentic jewelry and it's okay. I, I think that that is actually pretty popular. 
I consider myself, I don't know if I consider myself punchy, but I consider myself a cowgirl and I rock my fake and real all the time together. Um, sometimes you just find a piece that you can't pass up. That's a good deal. And you know, it's not real, but style, you can, you can make it that way. Um, no one has ever come up to me and been like, oh my God, your earrings are fake. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and so people are just like, oh, I love how you styled them. And so I think it's kind of also the personal energy you put off, but I, I do think it's okay to mix. I still mix. And like you said, I mean, I didn't know about Navajo pearls until college. And mm -hmm. um, so six years ago. And so I have really just slowly built my collection. This is actually the first piece I ever bought. Um, and I've had for five years and I just over time have invested when people ask, you know, what I want as a gift, I, you know, might rattle off a turquoise place that I could get a gift card to, or um, I'm not opposed to buying secondhand. I think you can find some really great pieces on Facebook and eBay. One of my favorite rings is from eBay and I paid 50 bucks for it. And so um, starting an authentic collection is hard. It takes time and we're all really drawn to the statement pieces. Uh, and, and that's an investment. And absolutely, you know, it's it's hard to drop $2,500 on a squash blossom. Like I could do so much more with $2,500. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Even as a 40 year, 40 year old woman, <laughs> $2,500 is still a lot of money. Um, and yes, it, it is quite an investment, but the great thing too, is when you buy pieces of jewelry like that, you can pass them down. Well, we were just talking about, you know, you know, the punchiest women, you know, where my mom owns one pair of authentic earrings and it's because I bought them for her. My mom could care less. Mm. Um, my mom loves a good outfit and she loves some good jewelry, but she doesn't care if it's real or fake. Um, that doesn't make a difference to her. And my mom is someone who, you know, if she really wanted to, she could go invest in some really cool pieces and I'd love for her to do that so I can inherit them. But she <laughs> Before the break, we were just getting into Western fashion, but now we're going to jump back in. And Tyler, I am interested in some of your networking tips and etiquette. Yes. So I have Tyler's 10 tips is what I call them. I won't bore you with all of them, but I do think there's some essential pieces when going to a networking event that you can practice to walk away successfully. Um, and what success looks like post-networking event is up to you. For me, it's um, meeting women I haven't met before. I work really hard to meet everyone in the room. I'm an extrovert. And so working the room is super easy for me. I find it easy to connect with people. But I think step number one, you should always have business cards. And I have work business cards, I have personal business cards, and I have a digital business card called a dot. And the dot, you tap your phone against it and it populates all my information, my website, my podcast, my Instagram, all of those things. And people do better when they can walk away with something though. So the physical business card really still has a place in our industry right now, kind mm -hmm. of like a good handshake does. Yeah. Um, and if you come at me and you're a guy and you give me lip noodle is what I call it. When you shake my hand, I am immediately like, no, this is a no go, you know, so have a firm handshake, look someone in the eye, even if they're a woman, um, you don't have to squeeze my hand off, but you can give me a firm handshake. 
And I think you should always dress for success. So I get a lot of, you leave the house like that every day. And I do. Um, I typically always have a full face of makeup on, my hair done for the most part. And you can almost always find me in starch jeans and a cowboy hat. And a lot of that has to do with you never know who you're going to meet. The next day is, or the, today is an interview for tomorrow. And so just dressing for success. And so I think when you're networking, I took this tip from my friend, Jana, and that's wear a piece that makes you stand out. And so whether that's a wild rag, some earrings, a hat, maybe you have some cool boots, uh, it's a great way for people to remember who you are. And so people have now just associated me as a hat girl. When I show up somewhere not in a hat, like, my favorite lunch spot, he's like, oh, you're incognito today. And I was like, oh, yeah, just like regular girl today. And so, you know, people have put that image with me and I'm okay with that. I also think you have to connect and follow up post of it. So I'm a huge user of LinkedIn. And I think yeah. on LinkedIn, you have to stay professional um, and you have to engage. And I think you should do that on all social media platforms. But LinkedIn is really the career-driven platform. And so that's where people are looking to see what you're doing in your career, what's up. Um, I'm not posting my 23 days of Star Show outfits on LinkedIn like I am my other social medias, you know, but I'm sharing where I'm going to be at on the road and where you can see me. And um, I think I personally do so much better at remembering who people are when they're constantly on my feed. And yeah. so connect with them on LinkedIn. I think if you don't know them, sending a Facebook friend request is a little forward. Um, and then you should get to know someone before you add them on Facebook. But I know that's not everyone's policy. But be a commenter, like post, comment, share. Um, the more you come up in their notifications, the more likely they are to remember you. And so... I'm a huge poster and I post almost instantly. Um, and I don't really second guess what I post on all platforms, TikTok to LinkedIn. And it's because I want people to know where I'm at, what I'm doing, who I'm with and seeing me. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, you're building a brand for yourself. I always say, you know, my brand is Tyler K. Schuster. And this is what people, I want them to think of when they think of my brand is my face, right. you know? And so I try to show up really well on all platforms, but keep it professional. Um, we kind of talked about in the last segment, like don't be throwing cuss words out on the internet. And I'm big on, I don't post when I'm drinking, even though I'm of age. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important though, to highlight professionally what you're doing. Um, whether you're at events, what you've created. I feel like at work, my programs are super successful and are easily funded mm -hmm. because people have been able to connect with me through my social media and they want to invest in the cause. And they know that if I put my name behind it, it's worth something supporting. Absolutely. I, you're just building your character day by day. And uh, yeah, I just think that's very admirable. Um, you are who you say you are, Tyler. I try really hard to be. I come, you know, I'm just a small town girl. I graduated high school, 47 people. And um, to now be 25, I just turned 25, living in Fort Worth. I just got named 30 under 30 with Cowgirl Magazine. And 
I really feel like I've created a name for myself in the agriculture and Western space. And mm-hmm. I definitely wouldn't have done it without the support of my family and friends, but I've just worked really hard to be a good people person online and in person. And I will be there at the 30 under 30 to support you. Oh, so exciting. I'm really looking forward to it. I put all my, most of my outfits together last night, finally. And, um, if you know me, I mean, like we've mentioned before, I'm a big fashion girl. So like, <laughs> this is my moment. This is yeah. my time to shine. You're going to do amazing. We went last year uh, to just kind of check it out and meet some people. And um, gosh, we made some great connections. Um, a lot of those women came over and joined Ag Women Connect. And I've been able to follow their journeys. And uh, it's just, it's incredible. So you're going to have the best time. I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's a great group of women who are in my class, but also alumni. Mm. And I think it's just proof that there are so many great people in this industry and to not let a few bad apples ruin your taste for who we are and what we have to offer. Absolutely. Let's go back to, um, let's talk about, so not everybody's an extrovert. So I tell people that, I'm a little bit of both, so I can turn it on, but then I have to go back. And so not everybody is super comfortable with sharing their story or, um, you know, really advocating for themselves on social media. So I always encourage people, if you don't want to post, you can always follow somebody that you really admire and you can post and you, you can repost and you can share and like, and I think that's so powerful, um, you know, just to interact with the people that you really do uh, resonate with and to support them. 100%. Um, I have a sister. The internet kind of doesn't know she exists unless you really know me Um, because now we don't live together. So we're not together often, but my sister posts on Facebook maybe four times a year and maybe twice a year on Instagram. Um, And that's just not her style. She is not like myself and I thrive around people. Um, And she's definitely one of those people who, um, if she goes out, you know, for a few days to a conference, she needs a few days to recover. And I'm like, when are we going again? And so I know it's definitely not for everyone, but I do think that you don't have to overshare your life like I do. Um, I saw a TikTok the other day and the girl was like, I'm, I'm not going to ever move in silence. I'm a yip yapper. And I was like, that's me. Um, you're always going to know what I'm up to, but even if you don't want to share, like you said, you can still support people by, you know, tagging your friends in their posts or commenting on it or sharing it and being supportive in that way. I think we all, When it comes to products, people, we all are more likely to follow or buy something our friends recommend. And if Mm -hmm. it's someone we trust, we're even more likely to do that. For example, I follow Danny Austin. I rarely shop what she posts. I don't really know her. Like I, she made a lipstick collab and I bought it because I love lipstick. Um, But then I have friends like Cody and Erica at Bar 7. And when they share products, I'm like... I need to try that. Like I trust Cody and Erica and they wouldn't put their name behind something if they didn't support it. And so I'm more inclined to support those businesses and people because someone I know shared it. And so it's just continuing to bring people to the table. Um, Even if you're not the original poster and there's power in that. 
Oh, absolutely. I, I think that's really how we've organically grown Ag Women Connects. I haven't put any money behind um, any posting or, or boosting on social media at all. It's just been through either the radio or our social media. And I'm grateful for that. It is amazing, the power of social media and who it can bring to you and what I, in 2024, set out a goal to speak at 12 events this year. Um, personally, I speak almost weekly for work, whether it's at an education training online, um, but I really wanted to challenge myself and I have booked five events. So three in the month of February, one in January and one in May. And I have also booked one in April. And so I think that social media really helped me do that. And, yeah. and I just posted like, Hey, I am opening my calendar. Like you can book me. And it's really all been through my friends. Um, mm -hmm. Last night I got a DM like, Hey, I've been asked to speak at something. I can't make it. I'm going to recommend you. What's an email. And so it's women supporting women and, and putting my name in a, at a table. I haven't been at yet. Yes. I love that. That's what I say here in Ag Women Connect. I'm like, we are a group of women who will mention your name when opportunity comes up. A hundred percent. And some of the best gals I know, you know, are part of this group and we have connected over a variety of things, but I also think we don't hesitate to reach out, do coffee, do drinks, or, you know, if I see a job and I know someone's looking, I'm sharing it. I'm texting them. I'm like, Hey, you know, so-and-so mm -hmm. so I know posted this, I'm happy to put in a good word or, Hey, I saw this on LinkedIn. Not sure if it's a fit for you, but you should check it out. And so it's just really women building women up. Yeah. Okay. Going back to LinkedIn, just because you mentioned it again, I will, I will completely agree with you. That has been a platform that I have really enjoyed. And for me, I can politically post my beliefs and thoughts, and that's been refreshing. Um, Facebook has completely censored me, even though I haven't even really said anything wrong. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just, it's nice to go over there and have a decent and intellectual conversation with people, whether it's Ag Women Connect, you know, political stuff, whatever. Um, I just feel like that platform has been good to us. I would agree about LinkedIn. It's definitely a place where intellectual conversations happening. Um, you might love your meme all, but she's not on their comedy and you look great. On Facebook, um, the 65 plus crowd loves me and they're always comedy and I love them. Mm -hmm. And that Facebook is the place for that. You know, LinkedIn yeah. is when I'm having conversation with people and, and moving the needle forward and being a thinker and a, a game changer in agriculture. At the end of the day, I want people to support our industry, whether they're in it or not. And I want to help do that. So if I can share resources, answer questions, I feel like LinkedIn's the place I'm doing that. And LinkedIn is very hit or miss with people. I feel like you either love it or you hate it. Um, LinkedIn is part of my scrolling. You know, when you when you get on your phone and you scroll your apps and you hmm. watch the TikToks and you scroll Instagram and you scroll Facebook, like I'm on LinkedIn three to four times a day. I try to post a minimum twice a week and really trying to connect with people. And so Again, it goes back to showing up so people see my face, but mm -hmm. I also feel like LinkedIn is the place where um, people really share their opinion. Yeah. Uh, kind of like you mentioned, Facebook is censored. People, I, I feel like people don't get as political or controversial on Instagram. It's kind of more of a fun platform. 
I have very strong beliefs, but I don't super, you know, post my political beliefs. But I think if you follow me, you know, and you get the gist. Yeah. yeah. But um, I think on LinkedIn, like there's a lot more freedom of speech in the sense that, and people, I do think, you know, people will argue and get upset over things, but I've never really seen LinkedIn get ugly. Like I've seen a Facebook thread get ugly fast. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree with you. Link, Yeah. I've had only a few comments, but they do make you think, you know, even if they don't agree with you, they'll make you think a little bit about what you posted. <laughs> well, and it's hard. I mean, it's hard to receive feedback. It's hard to receive negative feedback. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely hard to look at something through someone else's point of view. But I think part of being a lifelong learner is you have to be willing to shift your mindset, have mm-hmm. a conversation. Um, I just shared, you know, Danny Austin, someone who I love to follow, um, doesn't really have a good perception of beef right now. And, um, I was just like, if that's her decision, I'm great, but I want her to be educated when she makes the decision. Yeah. And so I reached out, I just said, Hey, I'm a fifth generation rancher. I work in the cattle industry, you know, did some more things, but I essentially said like, I would love to connect and have a conversation, or I'd love to set up a ranch tour for you in the DFW area and let you see what we do day in and day out. And I think the biggest thing is I just want her to be educated when she makes her decision that um, basically she doesn't believe grain fed beef is good. And so I, um, I think everyone should be willing to look at both sides and then make a formed decision. And then I'm not going to judge you for it at the end of the day, if you have given me a fair chance (laughs) on my side of the view and I've given you a chance on your side and um, something, I mean, this kind of goes back to the whole start of the conversation and TikTok and people's opinions is I think we have to be able to respect when people have different opinions and we're not really good at that right now. And just respecting when you don't agree with someone. Um, There are very few things worth losing a friendship over. There are some, there are some topics that you know, I, I'm a Christian and if you really bash my faith, like, I just don't know that we could be, we could be in it together. Um, but there are very few things worth, you know, losing a connection, a, a friendship, or um, maybe even a client over because you can't see eye to eye on something. Yeah, this is such an important conversation. I want to talk more about that, but we're going to take a quick break, but hang on, we'll be right back. Okay, we are back from the break and we are going to wrap up with Tyler and what the future holds for her. But first, I want to say something about educating people. I I was listening to another podcast, a business podcast earlier this week, and um, they were deciphering, you know, what is misinformation, what is disinformation and what is malinformation. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, So I kind of just going back to our conversation about educating other people, Tyler. Um, so let's just start with uh, misinformation. So um, that is not with anything, that's not nefarious. That is just, you know, you shared something that might not be completely true and you're just naive of it. So I think there's a lot of that going around. Um, and something that I have had a discussion with um, our Ag Women Connect circle is like when we are educating others, we want to make sure that everything is 100% true, right? Especially in the agriculture industry, because there are there is so much misconceptions and misinformation out there. 
Um, now, dis, uh, disinformation is something that you know is not true, but you are um, you are out there uh, deceiving people. And, um, you know, I think that there is a lot of that as well. And um, I think that goes back to, you know, creating division and chaos. Um, that's just not only in the agriculture industry, but what we're seeing in the world, you know, is there is um, a lot of disinformation out there. And I think, and I, I might have to go back and, and double check, but malinformation is that, you know, some of the truth, but you're not telling all of the truth. So I don't know. I just wanted to share that because education is such an important thing to both of us. And um, kudos to you for reaching out. Uh, I have seen that topic come to surface uh, with my conversations with the grain fed and the grass fed. And I'll say it again and again, I really think it just comes back to being a, a preference to people. You know, neither one of them is wrong. It's just, you know, what do you like? And we shouldn't be causing division over it. Well, and what are you willing to pay for? Um, at the yeah. end of the day, you know, the grass-fed organic beef, chicken, whatever it is, whatever protein source you're consuming, um, you're going to pay a higher price for that. Partially because to be finished on grass versus grain takes a lot longer. And so your input costs are higher. And so I work in beef education, essentially. That's where I started when I started here at TSCRA. And so I work a lot with producers, not as much consumers, but I always tell people there's some great sources to go to for education and agriculture and .edu websites are always great. That's university research. Um, so in Texas, Texas A&M, AgriLife, great resources. Not uh, Harvard. <laughs> yeah. Um, I definitely suggest AgriLife. Like that's yeah. kind of my realm. Um, in the beef industry, National Cattlemen's Beef Association, TSCRA, Texas Beef Council, those kinds of websites. Um, definitely steer away from Wikipedia. Um, .coms can be opinionated. You know, and, and it's just being smart. And when it goes back, you know, we kind of touched on the news and there's so much out there. Um, if all you consume is Fox News, you're going to die on the hill of whatever Fox News preaches. Yeah. Um, and so be willing to read and look at different sources of information. Um, if you're a podcaster, listen to podcasts um, and inform your opinion based on your own research. I think a lot of times we read one Facebook post, one Instagram post that our ex-boyfriend's wife posted and we're like, yep, that's the hill I'm going to die on. And that's all we know about the topic, you know? And so we have made a decision based on someone's personal opinion and not yeah. the facts. Yeah. So whether that's how you should educate your child or what kind of beef you consume, um, do the research. I live in Fort Worth. I shop at Central Market every so often if I can't make it to HEB. And I typically stand and just watch the meat counter for 10 minutes. Uh, I'm very intrigued with consumer choice and it's very different. Um, Central Market is built around a higher end clientele. And so I always, I'm always like, I want to ask like, why, why do you choose that? Like, mm -hmm. I'm just curious, you know, and I wonder if it's because the mom in the soccer club mentioned she only fed her her son grass-fed. And, I mean, if you feed grain-fed, what are you doing as a parent? So then you felt the pressure to do that, too. Yeah. Um, and you didn't know where to go to get educated and then make that decision for your own family. Right. Yes. 
such great points. Tyler, so tell us, I got to talk to you a little bit when we were at the rodeo and uh, tell us a little bit about your plans for the future, where you see yourself in five years, 10 years. Yeah. So where I see myself and where God sees me could be two completely different places. <laughs> um, but right now I currently am in Fort Worth work in the cattle industry and really, I, I really love the cattle industry, but, um, I just feel called and my passion is to be a voice for agriculture. And so what that looks like in the next five to 10 years, I'm not sure. In a dream world, I would love to podcast, keynote, speak, do that kind of thing in ranch. Um, so have the opportunity to maybe move home in five to 10 years, ranch, and then travel and speak to groups, connect with people online. Um, my long-term goal, and this has been my long-term goal or vision uh, since I was about 18, is I really have aspirations of being the Ag Commissioner here in the state of Texas and uh, working hard day in and day out for Texas farmers and ranchers. And so that's where I see myself. We'll see. Um, I think I know the Lord has has good things in store, and I could have never imagined being where I'm at now when I, you know, five years ago. And so what what comes in five years will, will be a, a treat for us all. We're all going to be um, surprised with what comes about. But at the end of the day, I know I'm going to be a voice for agriculture, whatever that looks like in realm of professionalism. Um, that's kind of for the Lord to lead me and for doors to open as they open. I have no doubt, Tyler, you're going to do bigger. I mean, you're already doing big things right now, but um, I've, like I said, I've just enjoyed following you and I can't wait to see where you are in a few years. And when you ask God and you include God um, into everything that you're doing, um, whether it's, um, you know, whatever you do in your daily life or um, any events that you're working, whatever it is, wherever you are in the future is exactly where he wants you to be. And that's, that's refreshing. I am a huge believer in being where my feet are. I think mm -hmm. so many times, especially I'm a, a big picture girl. Um, I even remember recently, so 30 or under 30 happens. I find out I got named. I'm literally at Walmart in Uvalde, Texas, buying groceries for my mom. And we, I get home and I end up having to like go fix the fence or something like my mom and dad were sick. And so like, I had to go deal with an issue and I can't remember if it was a water trough or a fence. And I remember driving along the pasture and I thought, what's next? Yeah. And this was something I've worked so hard for, you know, 30 under 30 was the next checkbox on my list. And I was like, wow, like, why can't I enjoy this? Mm -hmm. And part of that's being a, a dreamer and an entrepreneur and a, and a chaser, but I was like, man, I've really got to be where my feet are and I can't get so swept away in what could be or yeah. what might be that I've got to focus on the year. And so I've really just in 2024, um, like that's kind of been my, my mantra. My prayer is like, Lord, show me where I am now and let me live in that to the fullest and whatever comes next. Like I'm trusting you with that, whatever it looks like. Yeah. Well, and I tell my audience too, I, it's, <sighs> I think people do get caught up is especially people in agriculture, Tyler, because we are such a red a personality. It's go, 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 go do this, do this, do that. But even in those moments where we're still and um, we're just doing basic things, um, I'm talking to some moms out there too. 
uh, like that's still important. And we should be thanking God for those moments, even though we don't think that they're grandiose. Um, we're doing something important and we're doing something for him. Exactly. I always tell people, you know, some days I want to be a CEO and some days I want to make bread. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> I think both, I think both are important. Um, and right now, I'm not married. I don't have kids. So the bread making is not in the cards for me, but one day it might. <laughs> and so I think that's the beauty of life is your desires can change. Oh um, yeah. And where you're at and what you're doing is important. And if you're raising kids, like that's the most important thing you're ever going to do. Yeah. Um, I hope at the end of the day, I've done big things. I've built a name. I have all these accolades. But, but what I really hope I can say is like, wow, look at this family I have and these kids I've raised. Yeah. And look at what they're doing. And so that's a great message for moms. You know, if you're, you're really feeling down in it and you're in the trenches, like you have 18 years to influence your kid's life. And yeah. on the other side now, I think, and I could see all the things my mom did and gave up so that I could chase my dreams and stock show and rodeo and do public speaking and my mom drove a lot of miles between track meets and FFA competitions. And I put a lot of pantyhose on in the front seat of a truck so that <laughs> I could do what I needed to do. And looking back, like I, I couldn't be more thankful for the sacrifices her and my dad made so yeah. we could be successful. And now they're empty nesters and they're living their best life. Like if you follow me, my mom, she, she's texting her outfit of the day. She, They're going to all these things, you know? And so it's just like, being where you're at. Yeah. I love that. And you're right. 18 years, it goes by so fast, Tyler. And now, you know, that I am, uh, raising my kids. It, it's funny how that works. You, you do look back on your life or, and you're like, Oh, okay. I, I actually see how much my parents did sacrifice. Um, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't like my mom until I was about 17. I'm very honest about that. Um, until I was four, I actually didn't speak to my mother and we spoke to my dad Oh um, wow. and I'm just a middle child. I'm a middle child, <laughs> and through. but my mom is now my best friend. She knows she is. Um, she's my personal stylist and, um, my biggest supporter, her and my sister and my brother and my dad are also, but guys just have a different way of supporting you than, yeah. than your mom and sister. And so it's been fun and and totes to anyone raising a kid, the thought of having a kid scares me. Like, oh, I'm, you'll... I'm just not there yet. I love kids, but I'm like, yeah. man, major totes to anyone raising a kid, especially in our world right now. Um, and the, I, I think you would agree with me. Like, the best thing you can do is build a foundation for them in their relationship with Christ, and yes, and, and pray for them. And and I think they'll do great things if you're if you're setting that foundation and. I feel like if you're in agriculture, your kids have a step up. They've they're gonna learn a work ethic not most of the world has. And so rest assured knowing that that your kids are probably gonna do more than you think they will. Mm -hmm. Um and at the end of the day, like their desires might not match yours, and that's okay. My parents never pushed being in agriculture on me. Um, they let me make that decision for myself on my own terms. That's good. Well, and I'll end with this, you know. If you want to, if you want to go out there and change the world, that's going home and, and, and loving your family and mother Teresa, that's one of my favorite quotes there. So it's just, it's a full circle, whether you're, you're, you know, a young adult and you're 
going out and trying to figure out life and now you're appreciating your parents or, you know, if you're a mom, um, I think, you know, it just matters. And it's, it's not anything that we need to, um, just look over because I'm just a firm believer about building that foundation of what you said. For sure. And I mean, if you've stuck around this long, we've talked everything from making bread to Kendra Scott. And so we've covered <laughs> all, all ends of the spectrum and it's been fun. And, um, I just really hope that whatever it is you're chasing, you don't give up. And if it's a passion on your heart, the Lord put it there for a reason. Yeah. Well, and I'll say too, just within my conversations in the last week, um, there's so many women who are just going back to their home roots and um, something you said, Tyler, about your parents didn't, you know, force agriculture on you. That's something that I haven't, you know, forced on my children either, but it's funny how they seem to be coming back to it and wanting to be more and more involved on, on their own. If you had asked me five years ago, if I was going to be ranching alongside my mother, I would have told you, hell no. Like, and I would have said that to your face. Um, <laughs> I never saw myself going back to the ranch, being a rancher. Like, I just wanted to support my family how I could. And to mm -hmm. me, that looks like policy, that kind of end of things. And I don't, I mean, I just am so at peace on the ranch. I, when I really get in a creative slump, mm -hmm. um, I, I take off and I drive to Brackettville and I get on the back of a horse. Like, it's just kind of what refuels me. And it really reminds me why I do what I do. And so I never want to lose that. And so, you know, now I'm like, okay, like I have to be the gate girl and I don't get to make decisions yet. But when my time comes, like I'm now prepared and I know I can make decisions. And so it's just been an interesting shift. And my parents have seen it as well. Of Like, I was kind of like, no, I'm good. And now I'm like, okay, I can see this for myself. Um, and so it changes. Yeah. But I do think there is something about like getting back to your roots. And for me, there's, there's just really no feeling like being on the back of a horse at sunrise. Mm -hmm. And it's just one of my favorite things. And so it was as a little girl and now as a grown up, you know, it's still one of my favorite things to do. And, and really just, it reminds me who I, who I am and, and truly what I do and why it matters because families like mine, across the United States need someone who can mark calves with them on a Saturday and walk in their heels at the Capitol on Monday. And like, that's something I'm willing to do. And so yeah. being, being a voice for them. I love it. Well, this was such a great conversation, Tyler. Thank you so much for your time. And I know we'll be seeing each other soon in the future, hopefully in the next few weeks. So Everybody, thank you for tuning into this episode of Ag Talk. Your story matters. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Basically Famous. I hope you've been inspired, challenged, and motivated to take on whatever today brings. Please be sure to follow us on social media at Basically Famous Podcast. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. We'll see you next week.